Brought to you by the all-new 2014 Toyota Corolla. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and Charles W. Chuck Bryan is with me, and Jerry's over there. So this is Stuff You Should Know, the legendary podcast. Live version. Yeah. Well, it's recorded. Recorded live to tape. Not tape. We've done live computer. versions. Yeah, like in an, with an audience? Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Sure. We've fun. done it. Yeah, sure. Uh, should we set up this a little bit? I'd like to. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Well, people, when you listen to Stuff You Should Know, uh, a lot of times you're regaled with stories of history or stories of science mm-hmm. or cool animals or, you know, you name it. We like to cover lots of stuff. But occasionally, we like to throw out a little advice. Yes, but the fact that we're doling out advice does not mean that we are professional advisors. No, no, no. But occasionally, we like to talk about things like green living or health and fitness or, in this case, finance. Just because, you know, we know the millennials out there think they're never going to have to worry about anything, but eventually you're going to be off the teat of your parents, and you might have to think about this stuff. Either that, or the millennials are already more worried than anybody else right now. Yeah. Uh, and not just millennials. I think anybody could use sure. this advice and, and put it to pretty good use. Well, yeah. One thing I've realized is that you're never too young or you're never too old right. to start being smart and thinking about like you know money in your future and stuff like that well, i don't know i mean like if you're in the last weeks of your life like <laughs> it, it, it's too late then. it may be too late <laughs> so never say never that's true but yes the younger you are the the better off you are the later you start you know the the further you have to catch up but yeah. the point is that's no reason to, to not try and what we're talking about is is saving money yeah but it's not just saving money. It's part of like a, a, a saving money is the basis of basically a um, conscientious lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be rich uh-huh. and you don't have to even want to be rich. Basically, all you have to have is the desire to be financially independent or close to financially independent or financially free. And that doesn't mean you have to have gobs of money or endless amount of cash. Actually, yeah. it's pretty easy to, to sit there and figure out how much money you need and set that as your goal and get to it. And the cool thing is, if you if you do kind of take this advice, you do kind of start following this path, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, it's, it's It becomes a bit addictive. And you realize that you've just altered your mindset and you're living basically the antithesis of a wasteful consumer culture life. Yeah. And sticking it to the man. That's right. Yeah. And, and you don't have to be a freegan to do it, you know. No. There's a middle ground that's just being smart and uh, frugal where you need to be. And it's like I get into it. It's not like I'm loaded or anything. But right. I don't think about the money so much as I think about efficiency. Yes. And like waste. Right. That really occupies a lot of my mind. Once you start thinking about everything in in those terms yeah all of a sudden it, it becomes very clear yeah and every little bit counts sure. because you're you're you know take energy which we'll get into if you unplug your toaster yeah. every day after you use it i mean what's that going to add up to like virtually nothing actually i have a bit on vampire power we'll talk about good. it good i'm glad you do yeah and it's not much though right 
Well, we'll talk about it. All right, but let's say a toaster is not much. Just a single toaster? Right. It's not much. Thank you. <laughs> but if you take that toaster and pile it in with, um, you know, savings on not buying coffee every day while sure. you're out and, um, you know, thinking about your auto insurance and just all the stuff that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And think of all of it as what you're throwing into a pot, your yeah. savings, then it does count. It does matter. Totes. Yeah. Um, so good intro. Thanks, man. So the, the recommended amount that I've seen, I don't remember what investment advisor wrote the article or whatever, but I've seen before that you want to save what amounts to about eight times your ending salary. No matter what your ending salary, that's the salary you're going to have when you retire is, that is a mind bogglingly daunting number. If you think about it. To save, to have that much in the bank by the time you retire? Yeah. Eight times? Yeah. Man, I better get busy. Supposedly you're supposed to have like one time what you, you estimate your ending salary would be by the time you're 30. Yeah. Three times by the time you're 40. And then so on until by about the time you're 65, you should have eight times your ending salary. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm a bit behind. That's a lot of savings. Okay. I think pretty much everybody is a bit behind. Sure. I think that's a that's a very important point, Chuck. Yeah. I don't feel like anybody, especially somebody who feels daunted by that number, yeah. should feel like that they're on the outs and that everybody else is doing well. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that just because everybody else isn't saving that you shouldn't start. Yeah, don't compare yourself to others. Just take care of your business. Right. You know? And that's what this whole thing's about. Don't worry about the Joneses. So um one of the first one of the first things you want to do is figure out what that eight-time amount is, and set that as your goal by the time you're 65. Yeah. And then start looking around and figuring out ways to get there. And one of the best ways is to stop wasting. Yeah. Wasting is the opposite of saving. That's right. So if you save, you're not wasting. And if you waste, you're doing the wrong thing. Exactly. Uh, so here's some ways you can save. Yeah. You want to get into this? Let's. Uh, entertainment is a lot of times one of the first things on the list because... Uh, a lot of things in the entertainment category are luxuries, meaning they make your life better, which is super valid. Yeah. You just can't do it all, all the time. Unless you're super rich, then go nuts. <laughs> Good <laughs> well, for you. <laughs> if you're super rich already, then, yeah. Uh, for instance, um, maybe you can get the same content online as you're paying for, either with a cable bill or like a magazine subscription or mm -hmm. a newspaper or something. Mm -hmm. You might be able to get all that stuff free online, save yourself some bucks. Sure. That's one way to do it. Um, it, it you make a, a good point that you know entertainment is a luxury, but it's also in a lot of ways a necessity too. You just have to look around and say, where can I trim some fat? Where am I being wasteful? Is there anything yeah. that I'm just not really using that I'm paying for yeah. in the entertainment category? And if so, then that means I probably don't really need it and I should stop just paying for it out of habit. Yeah, well, the Netflix is one thing. I, I dropped finally the DVD delivery in favor of just the online streaming. Mm -hmm. And what did it say, man? I think it's like eight bucks a month or something. That adds up when you throw it into a pot. It adds up. If like over the course of the year, that's like, you know, that's a nice meal out or money you could invest in something else. Right, yeah. Um, same like you said with magazine subscriptions. If you're getting the magazine and it's just sitting there and you're not really reading it or getting anything from it, cancel your subscription and say, and by the way, I already paid for this, so send me what you owe me still. Yeah. Um, if you love your magazines, then that one wouldn't count. Again, what we're talking about here is trimming the fat, not yeah. living this horribly 
Um, Miserly lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. That, that is no fun whatsoever. No. But like we said, once you start getting into this, you're probably going to find that it's actually fun to look for ways to trim the fat. Yeah, and speaking of trimming the fat, um, take a look at your gym membership, people. How often do you go? Mm-hmm. And what do you do while you're there? If it's something you get a lot of benefit out of, then by all means keep going because that's your health. But do you know who pays $75 a month to go run on a treadmill? Jerry. A sucker. Oh. Because there's streets, there's sidewalks, there's running trails. Right. If you're not utilizing most of the stuff at the gym or going to classes and things, you might want to think about trimming the fat. Or if you really need that ritual for that treadmill and you don't mind paying that money for the treadmill, right. that's fine too. But just think about it. Yeah. Um, if you if you are um, shameless or you have no self-consciousness whatsoever, you can go use the exercise equipment at the park. Yeah. You know those little uh, little things they have going on? Yeah. I just couldn't do that. Yeah, I or you could like, <laughs> work out at the park, you know? Or you could buy a treadmill and have it tease you and mock you and haunt you for the rest of your life right. in the spare room, Right. which I, is what happens sometimes. I think that's the opposite of good <laughs> advice as far as this one goes. That's true. Uh, what about automotive costs? That's a really satisfying way to save money mm-hmm. because nobody likes paying for car up maintenance and gas. It's right. Like two things people hate spending money on. I got some numbers for you. Okay. Let's say let's say you drive eighty thousand miles over five years. Uh, if you bought a car that gets twenty five miles to the gallon mm-hmm. compared to one that gets fifteen miles to the gallon, you're going to be buying two thousand fewer gallons of gas over that time. Average of three fifty a gallon. Yeah. Over five years, you've saved seven thousand dollars in gasoline costs. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, that's super substantial, man. You could put that into your 401k or whatever. Oh, yeah. And make that into a lot more money by the time you retire. Well, Just yeah. by 10 miles a gallon difference. By not getting that ginormous SUV you can't even park, maybe get something more fuel efficient instead. Sure. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a seven grand in your pocket that you just wouldn't have had before. Exactly. Um, what else? Your car insurance is another good place to go. Like anything you're currently paying for, um, that's a a good place to to start and say how can i pay less for the same amount yeah. or do i need the same amount that i have right now so usually if you have a decent uh insurance person you will find that they will be happy to talk to you and say yeah you don't really need this or if you raise your deductible a little bit yeah you'll probably be okay um and you'll be paying less per month without losing out on anything really yeah uh, another place you can save gas is, and a lot of people don't realize this, but your tires on your car are supposed to be inflated to a certain amount, and if they're lower than that, you're going to be wasting gas. Yeah. Uh, in fact, for every two pounds per square inch that you're off, that they're low, your mileage goes down by 1%. And in this article, they judge most cars are about 5 to 10 pounds per square inch low, and that's about 5% less fuel efficient just by putting air in your tires. Yeah. That's crazy. Plus, even more... There's a lot of gas stations that have free air. Yeah, not as much anymore, but you're Quick right. Trip does. Do they? Oh, yeah. All right. Go to QT. Um, let's see. What else, Chuck? All right. You want to talk grocery stores? Always. All right. Uh, first of all, right now would be a terrible time for me to go grocery shopping because I'm very hungry. Yeah. They say to eat first, huh? Yeah. I mean, it, it really does work. It's, it makes an enormous difference on like 
buying stuff that you normally wouldn't buy. Yeah. If you are hungry at the grocery store, like you're just going to buy more. It's a proven fact. That's right, Josh. And then uh, going out to lunch at work is a big, big deal, like a big expense potentially. Yeah. They say in here six dollars a day is eight hundred a year, but six dollars a day—that's super cheap. It is. You know, you it's probably hard to... won't live a year if you're eating six-dollar lunches <laughs> every day. Yeah, I mean, let's say that's twelve bucks, or if you go out for business lunches, uh-huh. like you're really racking up money. Right, and if it's not just you, but also your spouse or sure. significant other, life partner, whatever, also doing the same thing, you can double that amount right there. Yeah. So I just get around the whole thing by not eating lunch, but you could also pack your own lunch. Yeah. Save a substantial amount. Plus, you know, it's like you're being your own mom, packing your lunch in the morning. You can write yourself a note even. Right. <laughs> um, and then, Chuck, at the grocery store, too, um, if you take a little time and go online or get your favorite grocery store's app, they have those these days. Yeah. Um, you can find all sorts of specials, coupons, that kind of thing, and say, what can I do with celery and chickpeas? Right. <laughs> and then you put them together and, and base your uh, weekly plan on that. You could make hummus and dip the celery in it. Exactly. And you take that list that features chickpea and celeries and whatever else it takes to make hummus. Yeah. Um, and you tahini. take it to the store yeah. and you stick to that list. Maybe some garlic. Exactly. Paprika. But the point is, is you've thought about all this before you went to the store, wrote it down on a list, and then stuck to the list. And then used the coupons that originally got you to think of hummus in the first place. Yeah. You just saved yourself some money. I, an incalculable amount, mainly because I don't want to calculate it right now. That's right. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled at the store for specials. Um I know you don't want to grab the little flyer when you walk in because it makes you look like you're, you know, 80 years old. But that's where you find out the deals, you know. They're buy one, get one free on a tub of butter. Go get the tub of butter and get your second one for free. That's right. <laughs> you know also, I want to apologize to our 80-year-old listeners <laughs> who like circulars at the grocery store. Yeah. My, man, my mom was way into coupons. Yeah, well, a lot of people are. Yeah. I read that apparently coupons have gone down in quality because of this coupon craze that's going on right now. So many people are using it that companies are like, Hold we on. can't afford to put out decent coupons. Did you just say there's a coupon craze going on? Yeah. Really? Did you not know? No, I didn't. Oh, man. There's whole TV shows dedicated to it. The coupon craze? Yes. Really? Is the name of the show Coupon Craze? No, there's like <laughs> extreme couponing. On, really? I think on TLC. I've never heard of that. What? No, is it just people like... Uh, it's people who are so good at couponing. I saw a man uh-huh. on a TV show. He had like a $400 grocery bill. And from his coupons, he brought it down to like $14. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they paid him $100. It was to close to it. It was very close to it. Yeah, use your, you know, most grocery stores have the little uh, club card. Use uh-huh. those. That's really satisfying to oh, see yeah. all that money go away at the end. Uh, yeah, not only that, some of those cards will get you like extra bucks or points or whatever that yeah. will actually deduct money from your um, additional money on top of coupons from your bill after a while. Like, it's it's not a bad idea um, to take advantage of loyalty programs. No, that's if what it, you should do. If it makes sense to you. Like, yeah. there, are, there are plenty of people out there that own companies that have come up with loyalty programs that are, frankly, scams. And you have to be wary of those yeah. because you don't want to buy stuff you wouldn't normally buy just because you're going to save 50 cents on it because it cost you 350 that you weren't going to spend anyway yeah you know 
But if you're going to the same store again and again and again, it's just down the street. They have pretty good prices. You like their coupons. Sign up for their loyalty program, and it will pay off in the end. Yeah, I go to uh, a buzz market here. I go to Kroger yeah. when I can. Mm-hmm. And they keep track of your thing through your little card. Yeah. And then I get gas there, too, because, A, it's cheaper already. But every, like, four or five fill-ups, they'll give you credit from your grocery buys on your gas. Right. They'll say, like, would you like to save 10 cents a gallon because you bought groceries? Is there, like, an actual no button? <laughs> There's yes a no. No, no, because you can save it and, like, give it oh, to your gotcha. wife or whatever. Gotcha. Or I'm flush this week if that's how you live. Sure. But um, I always say, heck, yeah. Yeah. Give me the 10 cents. I remember hearing a long time ago that, like, um, that they were trying to outlaw gas discounts. Like, some of those places sell gas at l- below what they pay for it to oh, really? attract people into their stores. And it was, like, driving other gas stations out of business. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to saving, baby, it's survival of the fittest. All right, let's talk about family expenses. Uh, things like your prescription drugs or maybe your baby formula. All of these things you can get generic versions of that are FDA approved to be just as good as your brand name version. Yeah. You know who buys brand name stuff? <laughs> Suckers. Brand name drugs? Yeah. Well, it says here in this article that um, drug companies spend all their money on like research and development and stuff like that. That's not true. No. Most drug companies get universities to do their R&D for free, but they just have the patent on it for the first few years and can charge whatever they want depending on the country they're in. The point is generics have the exact same thing in it by law. Um, It just they don't own the patent and the patent's expired. Yeah. So now everybody can sell it for cheap. Uh, Buddy, I know one way you've saved a lot of money in the past few years. What? Smokies. Yes, not smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Cigarettes are, how much are they now? Last I saw, they were like five bucks a pack in Atlanta. Yeah. They're like $12 a pack or so in New York. That's twelve. really funny. $12 a pack. <laughs> and I remember when they started to go up. Yeah. Because I smoked at a time when you could get them for like a dollar fifty a pack. Sure. And then all of a sudden they were like $3, 4 or 5 and there were articles because, you know, tobacco is going through the roof. Yeah. And there were articles on what the price point would be where people stop smoking. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot of people say five. And it's that's just not uh, – some people, I'm sure, quit because yeah. they hit five bucks. But no, people will still smoke and pay $5 or $12 a pack every day. To shorten their life and incur more medical expenses later on. Right. And the point is, is if you quit, like that is – it's just like – Having a, a higher fuel uh, fuel efficiency car, yeah, or um, it's just money in your pocket that you otherwise would have spent unnecessarily. And yeah. like you said, this is just harmful, and you're spending money on. It. So that's a great one right there. Quit yeah. smoking, thousands of dollars a year, bam, right in your pocket. Boom. They say quit drinking in this article too. That your addictions are costing you money. Pretty much anything that you could give up. Yeah. That maybe you should give up. Yeah. That can save you money. That falls into this category. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, if you like your glass of wine with dinner, maybe just get a little, maybe just pick and choose and cut down and save a little money and improve your health a little bit. Right. Buy the uh, gigantic box of wine. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> to get a better value. Moderation. <laughs> it's the key. Except with smoking. You should, there shouldn't even be moderation there. Yeah. I just agree. don't smoke. Uh, household energy is the one I'm obsessed with pretty much. Really? Yeah. I grew up in a house, you know, teachers as parents, 
uh, three kids, like we had to use coupons and turn off the lights when you left a room and not leave the TV going. And we had to do that to get by and to live just a normal lower middle class life. But that's not something you should change because it's just wasteful. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. Even if you have the dough, like you shouldn't waste energy. There's a, yeah, that's exactly right. That's one of the, that's a good point, Chuck. Like one of the things about changing your mindset to like a saving mindset uh-huh. is, you know, not only is it good for you financially, but it also tends to have like positive spillover effects. Like for example, you're saving money, saving yeah. energy, but it's also a lot better for the environment. Yeah. Anything, anytime you're cutting out waste, there's pretty much no downside to that. Yeah. So this is a good example of like a good positive spillover effect. Yeah. Do you know what I do is I think about the electronic, uh, the meter on the side of your house spinning. Yeah. And I literally, every time I turn things off and follow Emily around the house, turning things off after <laughs> she turns them on, yeah. I literally think about the meter slowing down and it makes me like breathe a sigh of relief as the meter breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but no, it doesn't. I really think about that thing tur- turning down. I mean, just going, oh yeah, that's uh, much more like it. There is an invention out there that is made for you. It's pretty new, but I believe it's on the market. You can plug it into an outlet, mm-hmm. and what it does is eavesdrops on your electrical use, and it can actually sort out what's doing what. Wow! But the readout shows you how much electricity you're using and i think you can convert it to like a dollar amount too or something uh-huh. and the whole point is if you see how much you're using you'll want to decrease it so you would love this thing because it would show a decreased amount every time you turned off a light or unplugged something i would be stressed about that being plugged in though <laughs> you know yeah um we talked about vampire energy earlier that's the the things that you leave on standby power overnight or pretty much all the time um, the average house uses $100 to power devices that are turned off each year. $100 to power things that aren't even on. That's that's money that you can yeah. use on. And like your little smartphone plug, that's even if your phone's not plugged into it, it's sucking energy. Well, plus it's a bad idea also to um, charge your phone overnight because it's bad for your battery typically to overcharge it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Uh, and then annually in the U.S., Vampire power costs $10 billion all over the U.S. each year. Yeah. So that's pretty substantial if you pull everyone together. Sure. If you divide by $300 million, that's a lot of money in your pocket. So what do you do? Set up a charging station, mm-hmm. which is what I have at my house. Okay. Put that all on a power strip yeah. and turn that power strip off and unplug it even even better. And then just shoot it with a gun. <laughs> shoot it with a gun. <laughs> like the TV on at night, I hate all those lights anyway. Like yeah. I like to sleep in darkness. Yeah. And if you look in your room, you probably have like three or four lights that are just on, like your cable box. They're probably affecting your brain in some way. At the very least, they're affecting my wallet. So household energy, that was pretty good stuff. Yeah, by Energy Star. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of rebates out there right now. Um, the government has put like yeah. a, a huge push behind getting people to have more energy efficient um stuff. Yeah, I just got one 50 bucks. Yeah. So did you. Yeah, you can definitely just um if you just look for the energy star thing when you're buying an appliance or something and then go online before you buy it and see if there's a rebate. Yeah. Because basically it's just like you got if you got it on sale, this is an extra 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever that you'll get back in 6 8 weeks 
just for mailing in a copy of your receipt. Why would you not do that? That's right. Uh, now I think it's a good time for a break. Oh, yeah? Because after this, it's the home stretch, which includes health insurance, money-saving tips, and then a few tips from your older buddies here about what you can do with that money you're saving for your future. Yeah. Stuff you All right, really quickly before we get into tips, I looked up insurance a little bit because like a dummy in my mid-20s hmm. when I didn't have like anything other than waiting tables jobs, I skipped on insurance because I didn't want to pay a couple hundred dollars a month. Sure. So I got to thinking today, here's an older dude, how much it costs to stay in a hospital. The average cost of a hospital stay in the U.S. is about 1600 bucks. <laughs> the average hospital, the median hospital stay in the U.S., A, it's three times more than other industrialized countries, which is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But $18,000 is the average median stay in a hospital. The Obamacare is coming out uh, next month. And I think the average mid-tier insurance policy will be about 325 bucks. So you would have to pay on that insurance policy 55 months, four and a half years, to equal out one hospital stay, wow. one bout of something, one bad car wreck. Like, point is, you're not doing yourself any favors if you think you're saving by not paying insurance. And I know when you're 23 and 25, you don't think anything is going to happen to you, but you are screwed if it does. Sure. So just be smart, get insurance, and you're covered. Yeah. Unless you're Ned Flanders and then you consider it a form of gambling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so insurance, that's a good one. Yeah. And like I said, um, if you don't have insurance, I agree with you, Chuck. Health insurance is a good way to go. If you already have insurance, car insurance, any kind of insurance, mm-hmm. um, check out if you have a Svelte coverage. Right. And then, you know, try to save some money without shooting yourself in the foot over time. But yes, going without insurance is not a good way to save money. A good way to save money is to possibly look at your uh, cell phone bill. Yeah. And say, do I need the plan that I have? Yeah. Do I need all those unlimited texts or see how many texts you send a month on average? Right. You might be able to cut it back a little bit. Yeah. That, that's a that's another good point. You keep raising like all these awesome points that deserve <laughs> elaborating. <laughs> But um, the, the first step to all of this is to write down your monthly expenses. Yeah. Track them for a little while, and you'll see where your money's going. Just right out of the gate, a lot of stuff will become obvious that you can where you can trim the oh, fat. Oh, they totally will. Right. Um, but the second step to that is to look at all of the things you're currently paying for that you're like, okay, I need all this, and figure out ways to trim them individually. Yeah. So whether it's car insurance, whether it's um, your cell phone bill, there's, there's always a way to, to cut it down a little bit. That's right. Uh, living debt-free is something we believe in now. After incurring credit card debt for a number of years, we got rid of it all and haven't used credit cards in like eight years. Oh, yeah? Yep. We If we can't afford it that month, we don't get it. And uh, Do you use the credit card to get it and then pay it off, though, just to keep your credit score up? Uh, we run everything through our American Express. Okay. Which we pay off each month. Right. And um, Well, this, this article makes a really yeah. good point. Like, if you are having to pay interest on your credit card, that means you're buying things that you can't afford. Yeah. And you pay interest on your credit card when you buy something and you can't pay it off at the end of the month. Yeah. Then that's that. it sounds like you have a very good policy going there. It's a good policy because when we looked at what we were spending on finance charges, it was ridiculously wasteful. Yeah. And it makes you angry when you really stop and look at it. Right. 
And because, uh, you know, you work hard for your money, you get taxed a lot anyway. The last thing you want to do is start throwing the man more money just because he said, oh, I've got a little piece of plastic. You can go hog wild for a little while. Right. You don't have to wait for this. Yeah. Just get it now. And that's a that's another good point that this article made. Um, one of the things you can institute is a one-month waiting period for yeah. all purchases, all major purchases, any purchase you're excited about. You write it down. Mm-hmm. Instead of buying it, you just write down what you want, and then yeah. at, after a month, you go back to it and say, do I still want this? Probably more often than not, you're going to be like, I don't even remember why I wanted that. Yeah, or wait for a good uh, – we do a lot of the financing deals. Like I wanted a sound bar for the TV, mm-hmm. and I waited like a year to get it. Right. I waited till the right deal came along, and uh, a certain store had a 24-month no-interest deal. Yeah. And now I'm paying like you know 20 bucks a month for it or something. Right. And uh, – but you got to be really careful. If you're bad about paying your bills, you can get jacked around on the uh, oh yeah finance charges. Because at the end of 24 months, it's 500 percent interest. Yeah, or day. if you miss a month or something, it's pretty ridiculous. So right. I recommend financing deals, but you just have to be really uh, vigilant with your bills on time. Right. Another good reason to stop and wait a month, a week, whatever. If you just basically put a, a moratorium on any immediate spending. Um, It'll cause you to go poke around the internet and, like you said, see if you can find like a a better uh, like financing deal. Yeah. Maybe somebody else has it for less. Um, if you do use your credit cards, some credit cards have deals with certain merchants. Yeah. To where you'll actually get some cash back. Yeah. Um, which is basically just like money off, additional money off. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to stop and then figure out how you can get that thing you want for the least amount of money. Which makes it even sweeter when you do get it. All right, dude. So we've given a lot of good little tips on how to save money. Yeah. You're saving some dough. Even if you're a millennial, pride yourself on saving a little money and not being wasteful. Yeah. I mean, like, it's you save what you can. Yeah. Uh, so what you want to think about next is, all right, I have a little extra change here. Now what do I do? Do I want to put it in a piggy bank or under the mattress or start investing in stocks or gambling on football? <laughs> what should I do? Uh, well, the first thing you want to do is to create a fund, basically an emergency fund. Uh, the rule of thumb is you have three to six months worth of expenses tucked away yeah. in a savings account that you can get to, but you don't touch. Yeah. Um, just in case you, if you're laid off, yeah. something terrible happens, you have a significant amount of money that you can live on no matter what. You're not going to get kicked out of your home. You're not going to go hungry. That's right. Right? That's pretty much the first thing you want to do when you're saving money. Like as you're saving all this money and you're putting it away, um, that's the pot that you want it to go into. Um, after that, you have a little more leeway to, to do things with. Like you want to maybe pay off debt is a good second step. Yeah, because if you're in debt, then you're wasting money. Big time. And it's no fun to pay debt down, but it's super satisfying once you have. It is. And it can be fun to pay debt down, especially if you're watching it climb down yeah. and get closer and closer to zero. Yeah. And when you write that last check, you're just like, I'll see you in hell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, you're done. And from that point on, you've got a, a an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. You're debt free. Yeah. And then now you can do some fun stuff with your money. Yeah, you're on the right track at this point. Right. Uh, hopefully by now you've got a budget that will work for you. The key with your budget is to do something that's reasonable for you that you can stick to. It's sort of like when I was reading about this. It's sort of like dieting. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you set yourself up for some stupid diet that like, you're not going to follow. I'm only going to have an apple and a can of tuna like Christian Bale and the Machinist. <laughs> yeah, chances are you're not going to be successful. So it's really like dieting. It's more like a lifestyle change and finding whatever financial lifestyle works for you where you're able to save some and still give yourself some things and have a little fun. Right, but the the key here is to pay yourself first. Like you cannot you if you're saving, the first thing you do is save. Yeah. When you get paid, the first thing, the first check you write, the first transfer you make, mm-hmm. the first payment you make is to yourself. And you take whatever you budgeted for savings and take it from your checking account and put it in your savings account. Yeah, that's and act, act like thing. it doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. That's, the, that's the other aspect to it. Once you do that, that money does not exist. It's in your savings. Yeah. It's not for you to play around with. It's not for you to be like, well, I went a little over on my credit card, so I'm going to use my savings. You went a little over on your credit card, that means you're going to have to pay interest on it that month because that money in savings does not exist. Yeah, and Josh will wrap your knuckles. He will come around I your will. home. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> very excited right now that the idea of going into your savings to pay off a credit card. You screwed up. <laughs> that is true. Um, so if you do have your budget working, you've got your emergency fund going, uh-huh. um, you're paying yourself every month, you're saving money, um, then you can start thinking about investments, things like maybe a CD, a certificate of deposit. It's yeah. a nice low-risk way to start if you're young. It is. It's so. It's such a paltry amount right now, but it, it's still, I mean, it, you do get money back. Dip your toe in the water if you're reticent, and a CD is a good way to do it. So a, a CD is basically like you give some, you loan money to a bank, and it's for a set amount of time, three months, um, a year, 10 years, whatever. Um, and basically the bank says thanks for the money. At the end of the, the term, they give you back that money and then some interest for borrowing. So it, yeah. like they put it in this article, your money goes away, and then when it comes back, it brings more money with it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, what if you're out there? All right, Josh, I'm, I'm a millennial. I just got through watching girls. I'm, dr- <laughs> I'm drinking, uh, a Pim's cup on my sofa. Okay. And I say, Josh and Chuck, this is great, but I've, I've done these things. I don't make much money. I'm an artisan crafter of fine goods. I've only got $20 a week extra. Um, there's actually a lot you can do with 20 bucks a week. No, there's not. There is, especially if you look at that 20 bucks as part of a stream of 20 bucks that you'll eventually have, um, that you say want to invest. All right. What can you do with $20? Uh, well, there's this cool thing called a drip. It's a div- dividend reinvestment plan. Um, you can also look into direct stock purchase plans, but basically you are going to a company that you believe in. Uh-huh. You say, I have $20 and I want one share of your $20 stock. Right. And they say, okay, here you go. It's basically like a counter where you go and buy a, a stock from the company directly, which saves you on brokerage fees. So what you're saying is you can just invest a little bit at a time and directly into these companies, uh-huh. which all adds up. And before you know it, you've got like a couple of grand invested in this company. Right. Or, you know, there's supposedly about a thousand companies in the United States that sell stock directly. You don't have to go to an online brokerage. You don't have to go to, like, your brick-and-mortar brokerage. Like, the company's like, we're not going to charge you any fees because you're giving us money for our stock. We're happy to sell it to you. Um, And you are just kind of building up a portfolio on your own. 
it's a it's a good investment if you're just going to sit on something. If, if sure. you're day trading, that's the worst idea ever. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't think you could do it like that. But you, if you just wanted to build up stock, if you say I really believe in this company's future, yeah, and I want to have this stock fifty years from now, why why just say it's only twenty bucks? Instead, take that twenty bucks and buy one share of stock. Yeah, that's, that's one smart. thing you could do. Uh, if you've got a few hundred bucks, maybe. Uh, you could consider something called an index fund. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, an index that tracks the S&P 500 is going to return about 10% a year. That's pretty good. Not bad money. No. And you don't have to invest like, you know, 10 grand to do so. The other thing about an index fund is, um, if you are buying, uh, compared to a mutual fund. Yeah. It's an unmanaged fund. There are 500 sh- stocks that you own in a percentage of in shares. Yeah. Um, and that's the S&P 500 companies. And basically what you're doing is investing in the market itself, right? So it's unmanaged, which means that the fees associated with it are next to nothing. Right. Um, if you have like a mutual fund, that's managed. They don't typically pay off as well. And you're paying a lot more in management fees. Um, there's a really good, I think, frontline episode uh-huh. on index funds uh, that came out. This year, yeah. that's definitely worth watching. And I'll bet you can get it for free online. <laughs> uh, if you have a little bit more, let's say you got $500, um, what that's going to do is just open up your options a little bit. Uh, you're going to have a pick from different companies, some of which might require a minimum of, let's say, $500. Yeah. So it just opens your investment options a little bit. Uh, you can shop around some. Um, you might want to open what's called a discount brokerage account. Yeah, it's just basically like an online stock trading platform. Yeah. And they're very cheap because they, they don't trade in microseconds or anything like that. It's just like this is where you buy stock for yeah. as cheap as it comes. Pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a grand laying around, then, buddy, you are in the catbird seat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you start with a thousand dollars and invest uh, an additional thousand each year, you earn about ten percent annually. And when you retire, that money's going to turn into over half a million dollars. Yeah, and that's just a pretty standard like IRA. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. If, if speaking of IRAs, if you have a, if you work for a company and they match, if they do four hundred one k matching, you want to do that. Yeah. Um, because what that is is your company giving you free, free money. money. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. It's free money. Like you, whatever you contribute, they'll match. Like say 100 percent up to a certain amount that you contribute. Um, that is literally your company saying, "Here's some extra money for your retirement." It's what companies came up with to replace the old retirement plans that they used to have in the heydays of the unions. This is what we have today. Yeah. So if you're not taking advantage of that, you should. And there's another reason to take advantage of a 401k and to max it out, frankly, because it's um, deducted pre-tax. Yeah. It actually lowers your adjusted gross income, which means you'll pay less taxes the more you contribute to your 401k over the year. Boom. Yeah. You should be a financial planner. I am. For yourself. No, I've been doing it on the side. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There's this alley that I, I set up on nice. a couple of garbage cans. And <laughs> people drop 10 cents in the cans? Place. I am fascinated by the stuff. Like, it's very, 
it, 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 once you start to really like get into it and think about it and look around at ways to like save, it's addictive. Well, I can say this. Warren Buffett didn't become Warren Buffett by being disinterested in finance. Right. You know? Yeah. He probably thought it was pretty neat early on. Sure. And look at him now. Maybe that's where you're headed. I, I don't know about that. That's not like my primary interest, you know? I just find it fascinating. Sure. Um, what else, Chuck? You got anything else? Uh, I have something else, actually. Um, this is just a total overview. Just some uh, starter ideas. Like, that was definitely not like a full rundown of 401ks and tax savings and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, um, whatever perked your ears up, um, go look into it. Go do a little research. There's so much information online about this stuff that it's just basically a never-ending supply. This, like, free financial information probably rivals cute kitten videos and just the sheer volume of stuff on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good to me. Yeah. Get into it, people. You'll you'll thank us later. So, uh, okay, that's it for this one? Yeah. All right. Uh, if you want to learn more ways to save money, you can type in 10 easy ways to save money in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and we wish you the best of luck in uh, becoming financially free and sticking it to the man. Yeah. Uh, and since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. That's right. I'm going to call this um, one of our better emails about our death podcast, dying podcast. We heard from a lot of people that really got a lot out of this one. Mm-hmm. And it was very rewarding for us. So this is from one of them. Okay. Uh, hey, guys. My mom passed away two years ago and was moved to hospice. For the last two weeks, uh, it was a very painful time for me, and I was nervous about listening to this podcast. In fact, uh, I was in two minds about skipping it. However, I'm glad I did not skip it. My mom went through each stage as you described. Uh, this was the first time I had experienced anything like, like this, and it was horrible to watch. I thought she had died in a lot of pain, struggling to breathe, and having to fight every step of the way. I now realize she was going through the normal steps, and I really wish I would have known this at the time. I can confirm that sound is the last thing that goes. About half an hour before she died, uh, me and my sisters asked the nurse if there was anything we could do to help her as she looked like she was struggling to breathe. The nurse suggested putting on some of her favorite music. Not only did this seem to calm her down, but after a while we noticed that her breathing noises started to match the rhythm of the music. Was she trying to sing along? We think so. Uh, This is one of the good memories I have of her last week, so I'm glad we did it. Uh, Just thought I would email to say thank you for doing the show. Even after two years, it still distressed me how my mom died, and now I feel like I finally understand it. And it's a big weight off my mind uh, that she didn't feel as much pain as she looked like she was in. Wow. So that is from uh, Philippa Griggs in Norwich, England. Thank you very much for sending that in. That is very, that's something else. Yeah, or maybe it's pronounced Norch. Norwich. Sometimes C-H is a K sound. I think it's Norwich. Norch. Norwich, England. Thanks, Philippa. That's a cool name, too. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, sending that in. Thanks to all of you who wrote in um, about our dying podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, If you want to let us know something we taught you that meant a lot to you, we always like to hear that. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. You can come hang out with us at our home on the web. Stuff you should know.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.
Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.